This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. From South China Morning Post, this is Inside China Tech. Insights into what matters. Throughout the ongoing protests in Hong Kong against the extradition bill, the police and the organizers have released drastically different crowd numbers. Today, why counting an accurate crowd number is so important and how AI can help. I'm your host, Zen Su. Thank you, Raymond, for coming on our show today. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? I'm Raymond Wong, the founder and managing director of CNR Wise AI Limited. And CNR Wise AI focus on artificial intelligent model development. And recently we did cloud counting in several protests in Hong Kong. Since June, protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the street to oppose an extradition bill that has now been abandoned by the Hong Kong government. From U.S. President Donald Trump's inauguration, I said, wait a minute, it looked like a million, a million and a half people. They showed a field where there were practically nobody standing there. To Hong Kong's anti-extradition bill protests. Reporting accurate crowd numbers has been a universal debate and a technical challenge. But for the first time in Hong Kong's March history, a group of researchers combined artificial intelligence and manual counting techniques to estimate the size of the crowd. Raymond, together with his teammate Paul Yip from the University of Hong Kong and Edwin Chow from Texas State University, are among them. Yep, I remember the exact number. The, um, the organizer estimated um, 550,000 protesters on the July 1st. Police estimated 190,000 protesters. And the, uh, the team that we teamed up with uh, Hong Kong U, we estimated 265,000 protesters. So Raymond, tell me, why is crowd counting so important? Why do people care so much about the final number of a crowd? It's a more political question or physiological question. So people depend on the number because they want to give pressure on certain topics. So this number provides a kind of um, way to communicate with the, um, with the people behind the issues. So the number represents some kind of power. Okay? However, the number can be very low, very, very small as well. So it means another kind of message. So providing an accurate number is important because people have different bias or different perspective on the number as well. So we prefer to have an accurate number. However, what does accurate actually mean? Is it a big number means something more or is it a smaller number means no pressure at all? I think giving an um, unbiased or scientifically proven number would provide a means to communicate properly. So that is the reason why we want to have a number, a uh, properly justifiable, verifiable number. What are some of the ways that people usually try and count these numbers? So usually, um, or traditionally, people use manual counting by observation and uh, use the uh, clickers 
to, to count the number of people. So for this counting method, you need to set a unit size. It depends on the person, but the strategy is to count people in small groups. So say they've decided that the unit size is going to be three. Each time they see a group of three people, they click. When they see another group of three, they click it again. So after they get the number, they, uh, they multiply by three. So if you click 10 times for a group of three, that's 30 people. If you click 20 times, that's 60 people. But... This kind of number is very hard to obtain manually for a very long time. It's kind of uh, very difficult and very hard. Becomes the people or the surveyor becomes fatigued. You get tired. Or sometimes when the, uh, the density of the people increases, for example, in the protest, it's, it's actually very difficult to count because people getting very tight together and when we count... You get double counting. So actually the method is quite old and people like uh, some researcher called Jacob want to find another way to count using a static approach. Herbert Jacobs came up with one of the most common techniques for counting crowds in modern days. That method divides the crowd area into sections, determines the average number for each section, and multiplies that by the number of sections occupied. Yeah, that is what they call uh, Jacobs method. So for example, if you had an area that covers 100 square meters, you might just count the number of people in a 5 by 5 meter square and then multiply that by the number of sections that would cover 100 square meters. It's quite a reliable method, but... But at the same time, it's a very static method. If someone joined the uh, protest or someone joined the cloud, at different time point, you might not be able to calculate the exact number. If you have been in a protest or rally, you may know from your experience that people don't always finish it from the beginning to the end. Some may join in the middle or leave before it ends. That's a challenge faced in a dynamic situation. So, how does Raymond and his team count? So, during our counting method, we try to determine the number by using object recognition technology and detection technology so that we take many, many frames, uh, like a 10 frames per second, to capture the motion of the people passing a virtual counting line. So that, and the computer analyzed when the people passed through the counting line and crossing the uh, counting zone so that they can count the number easily. Raymond started doing crowd counting trials since mid-June to test if his program works and to optimize that model for different protests. So on 16th of June, we actually started the first counting. But this, is a uh, this was a trial because we just want to know if AI works in such an uh, open area with different lighting conditions and with different people wearing different kind of shirts or, or wearing different, different kind of belongings. So on 16th, we deployed two devices. Those are not mobile devices, they are industrial PCs and with GPU equipped. And we uh, set up the camera pointing towards the cloud uh, on the bridge at an angle like uh, almost vertical, like uh, 80 to 90 degrees pointing downward to the road. So it's like an aerial view? It's like an aerial view, but we cannot set up something very high. We just can uh, we set up something on the bridge so that it points towards down to the cloud. 
So we see the heads of the people. I see. So you capture it from the top as the crowd is moving below from the top of a bridge. You put like a camera to capture that. Yes. So using this method, we can try. Uh, we can avoid the condition that people overlap with each other. So avoid something wrong with the algorithm. Uh, maybe there are two people or three people, but they overlap as one people in in certain area. So we point it downwards and we put two cameras on the bridge to do the counting. So each cameras cover about uh, three lengths and record all the things uh, in the device and do the calculation immediately in the device without sending back to the server and doing in the cloud. So, so it's real time, basically. It's a real time calculation. Throughout their trial, Raymond and his team learned a lot about how a crowd is formed and how to tackle the counting at different times. For example, during the daytime, their algorithm works almost perfectly. The computer can easily identify people and separate them clearly. But at night, nighttime, people are lighting up their mobile phone and swinging when they cross the bridge. And um, at nighttime, the background is black. And the people wearing black shirt, they are not looking at the camera, so all the things are black and with the uh, black hair. So this is this becomes a very uh, challenging that we are not able to count at certain point. So we learn uh, from the experience. However, in the second trial that is on July first, we use different approach. So uh, the counting method becomes um, more reliable as well. What's the new approach that you use on the first of July? So in the first of, on the first of July, we use um, different method. So the first thing we we deploy uh, we use is to use a iPad or iPhone instead of industrial PC with a web camera. So actually, our phone is quite versatile and and the camera is very very good. So the, we can get a very good quality of image, and then we use the processor with neural network. A neural network is made up of algorithms that attempt to process data in a similar way to the human brain. So on July first, we installed three devices on the bridge near the、um, Pacific Street, and four devices near the、uh, Asino Street. So we can deploy more devices at the same time, cover more areas, and with a, a good algorithm, we, and also with the、uh, high quality Im- images, we can detect the cloud、uh, formation. More clearly. So on the first of July, Raymond's team installed altogether seven mobile devices on two main streets to cover the protest crowd, and eventually came up with an estimate for two hundred and sixty-five thousand participants, which is less than half of the organizers' count and seventy-five thousand more than the police's count. So how do you know that this number is accurate? Okay, that's a good, very good question. So the accuracy measurement exercise is like comparing the、uh, number number of people we counted manually versus the number of people we counted by using AI. But I find it quite interesting because you said that you compare the machine's counting ability to like manual counting. But isn't manual counting like supposed to be maybe not necessarily the most reliable? Like what if? The machine counts 150 people, and manual counting only counted 100. But maybe the person was just wrong. Yep, exactly. So when we do manual counting, it's not a simple manual counting count by one time. So we have several people watching the video 
uh, several times to do the counting as well using the many approach. That can be done in real time for manual counting. If you imagine if you do it in, in real time in manual counting, you cannot repeat the uh, video clips and uh, do it counting again and again. But when we do the accuracy measurement, we take an image, a video clip of one minute and do the counting manually by three people and repeat several times to ensure the count is correct. Okay, so it becomes reliable. So basically, they just made sure that the manual counting outcome is checked and cross-examined so many times that it is close to precision. And then that figure is compared to the AI estimate to figure out whether or not the AI model is accurate. Correctness, meaning that the number getting closer and closer together. So when we find that there is a model which is very close to the, uh, to the number that we count, we take that model as our model to carry out throughout a period of time. So this becomes more reliable. I mean, the, the AI model becomes more reliable working on a particular period of time or a particular set of conditions. So one question I have regarding all of this using AI to identify people or identify objects. Um, what about the privacy aspect? Yeah, actually, um, in our project, privacy is our biggest concern. So first thing is we try not to point towards the front of the crowd. Instead, we point towards the back of the, back of the cloud so that um, we try not to let people think about that we are using facial recognition. We actually use object recognition. And we did not detect the feature of the people by the face, but we detect the body and the, uh, the shape of the body. At the same time, we do not allow people to take the photos or videos of the uh, images that we get. So when doing the counting process, usually in some of the program, it shows the screen and show how people is captured, is in the binding balls and going through the line. In our counting program, we blacken out the screen so that it do it in the background, but we cannot see it. This is the way how we protect the privacy. It's all in a black box. But in some of the big protests in Hong Kong where people can't even get onto the main street, right? And then you don't track that. And then you don't know how many people. Like some of the big protests, because people couldn't get on the main street. So they start walking on the side streets. Yeah. And so yeah. then if you're only counting on the main street, you neglect all of the people yeah, that are on that side. At the same time, we have some idea how many people spill over to the other area. On July 1st, that one is quite comprehensive. At that time when... Around 4.30, if I remember, recall correctly, yeah, 4.30, they spill over to Lockhart Road. We immediately set up a camera pointing towards to the cloud. Mm. We estimate another number. This is around uh, 23,000 people going through that route. So we estimate there should be something like 8% to 9% of people will spill over. Raymond told us that for the protest on the 1st of July, their estimation was very close to what Reuters and Dr. Chung from Hong Kong PolyU concluded. They might have used different algorithms. But if the method is consistent, you can see that there are, agree there are some agreement on different numbers as well in a very near locations. That's quite interesting. So as long as people employ scientific methods, generally, they, they agree on a number exactly. and that number is not necessarily what is reported by the organizers or the police. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. interesting. And we are very, uh, and, and it is very encouraging that 
as a reference point, people will compare among the numbers, right? So actually, uh, our numbers that calculate uh, that is uh, estimated will provide some reference point to the other as well. And the others will compare uh, the ratio between these numbers. And it becomes, to me or, or to, my, to my understanding, it becomes a force to make sure we are giving a, a credible number. So what I mean is, okay, uh, if we think the method is scientific, uh, this number is a truth that cannot be uh, easily challenged. So this time, AI gave giving out a, a rather a, a, a rather credible number, and this cannot be easily challenged if we compare to the number uh, given by Reuters, given by HK Pori. But if you compare all these numbers together, some numbers can be easily challenged, and the credibility can be challenged as well. When we first started researching this episode, I thought that, you know, without a doubt, AI could definitely be very accurate with crowd counting because humans naturally will make errors and we won't be able to count large amounts of people accurately the same way that a computer can. But I find it interesting that computers, even though they're operating on a neural network which is modeled after human brain, it isn't human at the end of the day and I think for those of us who are still worried about whether or not robots or AI will eventually take over our jobs I don't think that's necessarily a worry because maybe humans and AI and like robots we're meant to just work together and make things more efficient make things more accurate This episode was produced by Yang Yang We'd like to thank Raymond Wong of CNR Wise AI, SCMP technology reporter Iris Deng, as well as our intern King Wu. And for more awesome stories about China tech, head on to scmp.com tech. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Zensu. Finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, do rate us five stars on iTunes. We can also be found on Spotify, Stitcher, Simalaya, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. See you next time. Bye.